it was it was on my heart since he read it today, and uh, we're going to take tonight a little bit differently than we normally would, uh, but I think it's going to be awesome when it gets done. Uh, so we're in this series, Love Well, right? So uh, what we wanted to talk about for these you know 13 weeks or so is, uh, first of all, how God has so loved us. So let's spend a little bit of time there. Uh, the Bible says that God is love, so that when you are asking the question, what is love, ultimately, the Bible provides us with an answer for that meaning and being that God is love and that when we are looking for love we must find him for he is the definition of it and he shows that love for us in that while we were sinners Christ died for us so when we were in our sins and in in our failings and in in our depravity God sent his son and under the weight of the punishment that we deserved the son laid his life down and God displayed his great love for us in sending his son in such a way and that in him whosoever would believe would have eternal life in him and forever have new life in him never again to see the guilt and the shame and the punishment that they rightfully deserved in their sins and this is where we are this is what we have so that if you are in Christ you have been taken by him adopted by him brought into his family by him so that forever you can enjoy him and forever you can stand blameless before him forever you can have salvation in him for he is the one who has saved us and we said this and we took about four weeks to spend time there and then going off of that we said that because God has so loved us we also ought to love one another. And we said that about our moms and dads and our grandparents. And we said that about our brothers and our sisters. And we said that about our uh, communities. And we said that about our schools. And we, we talked about how because God has so loved us, we have a responsibility to love those around us. Now, I want to share briefly just a little bit of my story in case you've never heard it before. And, uh, and maybe it'll, it'll take us where we want to go. Um, I grew up in Millersburg, Ohio, which uh, if you're on 62 and you just drive up 62 you're going to dent in at 83 and turn left on 83 and Millersburg is right there how many of you ever been there before Millersburg's the town that has as many places for uh, horse and buggies to park as it does cars because we're predominantly an Amish community uh, I grew up there in a in a church that my grandparents uh, or my grandpa pastored my uncle was the associate pastor my dad was the sound guy my mom was the worship leader my grandma was my youth leader uh, my aunt was on the worship team. My sister was one of only uh, eight youth members with me, and my two little cousins were uh, running around doing worse things than I ever did. So uh, we, we lived in this tiny little community, and I remember times where my grandpa would preach, and there would be like nine people in the crowd, and all nine of them had the last name Hartley, and all nine of them would conveniently be taken to my grandma's house to eat Sunday dinner. We look completely different than that. You get that, right? Like, what, what we have here, this is more people uh, in this room right now than I had in my entire church growing up. And it was just a small community, slow time, slow town, and uh, I went to school on the east end of our county. Um, I had a lot of friends and enjoyed playing basketball and, and, uh, and, and thrived at that and enjoyed that, but something happened uh, when I was in eighth grade. I was going to Washington, D.C., and I remember it so clearly. It was a flip of a switch, and I can remember the face, and I can remember 
remember the name and I can remember the situation, but I started to get bullied really, really bad by a couple kids who were sitting behind me on the bus. And we had just left uh, the Jefferson Memorial and we were on our way back. It had rained all week and uh, I didn't have a great time there. And while I was sitting there, uh, I remember listening to music and I was sitting there with a friend and, and just started to get bullied really, really bad. And that, that snowballed uh, to the point where if I went to my locker, open that up, find a ton of stuff in there that people had planted and just got picked on and, and really struggled socially. And that really went on from eighth to ninth grade. When I was in the end of my ninth grade year, my dad uh, was called off the road. He was touring at the time and we moved to Lynchburg, Virginia, where I went to Liberty Christian Academy. While I was at Liberty, I uh, went through a time where I wasn't really sure where I stood with my faith. I was dealing with some bitterness and some depression and some anxiety. My youth pastor named Tom Friedis took me out, and man, just he, God used him in such a way. I mean, that was a pivotal moment where over a bacon cheeseburger at Applebee's, uh, God just opened up the doors of my heart and flooded it, and it was an incredible experience. I met with Tom for two years, and he discipled me. Now he's discipling me in youth ministry. Uh, he's still in Virginia and faithfully serving there. Uh, I grew up through uh, LCA and went to Liberty, and then I was leading a missions trip uh, to Washington, D.C. when a guy named Keith Matthews called. Anybody know Keith Matthews? Anybody know that name? He's the executive director here at Jersey, and he starts talking to me about this awesome group of students and this incredible church in Jersey, Ohio on the east side of Columbus and begins the conversation about bringing me here. And uh, one thing led to another and I was here for 10 hours a week. That's what I signed on for. The first day that I entered Jersey, I'm never going to forget it because a student came up to me and, uh, and, and he said, um, he said I, I, don't, I don't need to know your name. I, I don't like you and I don't want you here. Go back where you came from. And I thought to myself, what a greeting. Like, Jersey people, they're like the most friendly people I've ever met in my life. Uh, I, 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 was, I was startled by that, but at the same time really intrigued, and, uh, and I fell in love with this ministry right away. And um, what God has done in my life personally, and how he has shown me the beauties of who he is, and the, the weight of the gospel, and what Christ has done, how he's worked on me and romanced me and pursued me over the last two years have been nothing short of incredible. In fact, when I look back, I gave my life to Christ at five. I would say these last two years have been probably some, some painful experiences, but at the same time, spiritually, probably two of the most prosperous years I've ever experienced with the Lord. And I think part of that is him allowing me to so fall in love with this church and the students that attend here, you guys, and those who are not here. Um, one of the greatest things that, that God did since I got here was, uh, was give us Tyler Morgan. How many of you know Tyler? If you haven't got to meet him, he was up here. Incredible dude. Give him a round of applause. Incredible dude. Um, Tyler... Tyler has a pastor's heart, and uh, man, I just, I feel so blessed to get to work with him and know him, and then shortly after that, he gave us Allie. Where's Allie at? Raise your hand, Allie. Allie came on staff with us as an intern, 
And, and Allie, start, she started as an intern, but we loved her so much and we're so excited about what was God doing through her that she was hired as a girls minister and now gets to faithfully serve female students in our, in our congregation. And, and man, when I look back at all that God has done and I look back at how he's moved and, and, and as, I, as I reflect on your stories and my story, I feel so tremendously blessed to get to be here and to get to serve with the team that we serve, incredible volunteers, incredible students, incredible staff. I love this place and I love getting to serve you. Um, I desperately, hear me now, desperately want you to experience the beauties and the weight and the glories of the gospel of Jesus Christ. That's the only message we have. And it's why every single week, regardless of the series, regardless of the text, regardless of our conversations, regardless of where our ministry is in that season, we're always going to start and end with the gospel. For it is the only thing that we have that brings hope and it is the only life that we have through him, the one who has laid his life down and picked it up for us. It's all that we have. So faithfully, prayerfully, we have sought to continue to give the gospel and to minister in the gospel for we feel like it's the greatest responsibility that we've been given we do that so imperfectly it's not even funny we struggle so much but that is always our prayer and our objective to the point that one student came up to me a couple months ago and he said uh this guy's quick-witted he said he said you know what i'm on to you i said oh yeah he said yeah i'm on to you I know that uh, every week you preach the same sermon and just put a different title on it. He's like, he's like, I know, I know. And then he said, but, but God's doing something in the way he's showing me scripture and in the way he's, he's working in my life. I love hearing that. It's the only message that we have. The greatest challenge as Christians is to preach the gospel to ourselves every single day, to know it, to live in it, to breathe it, to have it, to experience it to its fullest, to continue to see the glories of God and as it washes over us, let it, letting it play itself out in obedience. So in 2 Thessalonians 2, which one of our staff members read for us today in a meeting, and it was just really spoke to my heart, I want to read this to you. This is what Paul has to say to his congregation in Thessalonica, a congregation that he planted and spent very little time with because he got drove out of town, and then he wrote this letter back to them. And, and um, prayerfully, uh, some of these things will be present in the way we minister to you. And Although we do it imperfectly, um, it is my honest, gut-wrenching prayer that God would take ministry of volunteers and leaders and staff and all those who serve here and all those who are part of the family here, that we would all be able to faithfully serve under the commission of the gospel in such a way that we would all grow towards Christ. That's our prayer for you. So I want to read this, and then we're going to do some things that we don't normally do. It says this in verse 1, For you yourselves know, brothers, that our coming to you was not in vain. But though we had already suffered and been shamefully treated at Philippi, as you know, we had boldness in our God to declare to you the gospel of God in the midst of much conflict. That can be encouraging for those of you who are, who are giving the gospel to schools and giving the gospel to families and giving the gospel to those who, who are completely against it that you would stand strong and that you would not fall over in conflict, but you would continue to be faithful in such things. For our appeal does not spring from error or impurity or any attempt to deceive. But just as we have been approved by God 
and entrusted with the gospel. If you like to underline in your Bibles, I would underline that right there. I would make a note there that you have been entrusted with the gospel. The news that we have been given in Christ has the power to transform lives, to save lives, and will forever be entrusted to those who believe. So we speak, not to please man, but to please God, who tests our hearts. For we never came with words of flattery, as you know, nor with a pretext for greed. God is our witness. Nor did we seek glory from people, whether from you or from others, though we could have made demands as apostles of Christ. But we were gentle among you, like a nursing mother taking care of her own children. So being affectionately desirous of you, we were ready to share with you not only the gospel of God, but also our own selves, because you had become very dear to us. And there are just a few things I want to plan on here, and there's a lot of meat that we could take out, but just, just, to, point out, just to point out a few. Um, the reason that we give the gospel every week, and the reason that it's, it's, the, it's the only thing that our ministry clings to, is because it's the only thing that really matters. It's the only thing that we really have, and it is a serious weight for those who believe. All of you, if you believe, you look right at me, you have all been entrusted with the gospel. And only the gospel can save. And you only have one life to live and you've been called with the gospel to make it known to this place here and to the uttermost parts of the world. That's a weight. And we've been entrusted with it as a student ministry. That's why you're never going to hear me refer to this place as a youth group. Because we're not a youth group. We're not just a bunch of teenagers that come together to be, to be here, although we do come here and we are community and we are family, we're a student ministry because we seek to see as many students know and believe in the gospel as absolutely possible because it's been entrusted to us that we would walk faithful and watch God do amazing things in salvation. That's a weight. So if you look at your schools and your families and your situations and you say, man, man can, God, can God use me? If you are a Christian, then God has called you and entrusted you with the gospel. And through his holy power, you can do what he's called you to do. You can share it. And as you share it, and as people see it, God will save. And God will do what we can't do. And that's a privilege like no other, but it's what we've been called to. So we're always going to be about the gospel because it's been entrusted to us. Prayerfully, we're going to labor day and night. I want you to know that our volunteers and our staff, we want to work hard at doing what we've been called to do for your good and your growth in Christ. Whatever that means, in whatever seasons that looks like, so whether that's volunteer, or whether that's a staff member, or whether that's a student leader, or whether that's you as serving students, we want to work hard. Because we've got one life here. And this is an opportunity that we have to serve our brothers and sisters, and to care for and connect those who don't know Christ. We want to work hard. want to proclaim the gospel. Now, I want to share in insecurity with you, and I'll be transparent, and if you would be honest with yourself, you would have this as well. Um, I want to be liked. 
Raise your hand if you want to be liked. Raise your hand if you're like, I, I want, want to be liked. That's, that's normal. My prayer is, though, that I will so much more desire God's approval than anyone else's. My prayer is that as the leader of this ministry, that my eyes will be set upon walking obediently to what he has called me to do and not anyone else. And that faithfully I would seek his approval above everyone else's. Now this is a challenge. This is a challenge because everybody wants to be liked and, and no one wants, to, no one wants to, to be despised or to be looked at as less than a good person. But when it comes time for us to move in the direction that God would have us go, there are times in those events and in those experiences where a clear option is presented. You will serve obediently to what God has called or, or you will walk after the approval of men and women. My prayer for me and my prayer for our staff and my prayer for our students and our volunteers is that we will always seek God's will and not the will of others. And that we're always going to walk after what he wants for us. And we're never going to let our own preferences get in that way. And that's going to be a real challenge for us. And it has been in the past and it will be in the future. But faithful believers following after him, God will do great things with that. We want to seek God's approval in all things. Looking at the end of the verses that we read. It says this. Verse 8, so being affectionately desirous of you, we were ready to share with you not only the gospel of God, but also our own selves, because you have become very dear to us. I cannot tell you how many times I talk to a volunteer who will even begin to get emotional because their hearts are so weighted down by a burden for your souls. Christians and unchristians. We have incredible volunteers that even when they begin to talk about you, they become emotionally riled because they just are so desirous to watch you grow. And I can see that in our staff, in Allie and Tyler. They so love you and they so want you to see Jesus, as do I. And that's something I don't think I really expected to experience. I don't know that I really knew that when I was taking this job at Jersey that I really knew that I was going to fall this in love with a group of people, with a family. But I do. I so love you. And I do that so imperfectly. And so do our volunteers and so do our staff. And if you look, you won't have to look too closely to see our failures and our imperfections. But we do want to love you. And we want to love you well. And this is the part where I need your help in. Tonight... We're going to break down into some groups, and you're going to get a survey. And this survey is anonymous. We're not going to know who wrote it, but I want you to be really honest as you share your heart about your ministry. This is your place, and we want to hear your voice, because as much as we love you, we want to love you well, and we're going to need your help in doing that. And we also want to hear 
what God has done in your life and how he has creatively gifted you to help us move forward in the mission that we have been given. So, where's our apprenticeship team? Come right here. Give them a round. If you don't know these guys, they are awesome, possum. Love them. They are seniors in high school or they are freshmen in college and they've set their year aside to go through somewhat of an intense program uh, in student ministry to not only serve you guys but to grow in their own leadership. They had to write like, uh, how long was your paper, Chaffins? 14 pages to get into their program, but uh, you've had a good year, right? You've enjoyed it. They've been responsible for planning a lot of your events, and they've ministered to you guys behind the scenes, whether you knew it or not. They're going to lead you. Uh, they're, they're here for your support. So this is an anonymous survey. Uh, it's, it's, no one's going to know who it is. They're not going to be looking, but they're just going to be there to answer any questions that you may have. So we're going to go with you first, Sarah, and let's just take these two rows right here, these front two rows on the left, and why don't you guys just go to the back and find a corner, grab a survey and start to make note. You want to get a pen that should be somewhere around you and you guys can go and take that. Sixth graders, you're going to hang with me, all right? You're going to hang with me. So if you're in sixth grade and you're flying up with us, we're pumped to have you. You're going to hang with me. I can't wait to get to spend some time with you. All right, for Jess, we're going to take these next two rows. Why don't you guys go with Jess and grab your survey. Go circle up in the back. Lord help the two rows that are with you, Karina. <laughs> and here they are. These are your two rows. This is Karina. Nobody look her in the eye. I'm just kidding. She's awesome. Go with her. Is this going to shake down, right? How many rows we got left? How many rows are out there? Like six, and we got... All right, let's go these two rows with, uh, with Amber. Front two rows with Amber. You guys can stay up here too if there's no room back there, Amber. You can goop up. You guys might have it lucky. You might only have one row. I think you might. Here it goes. All right, let's go with uh, these... Next two rows behind these guys. Next two rows with Carter. What's that? All right. And if you are a student, not a sixth grader, all of you are going to go together with Molly and Emily. That's my poor math ability working itself out. You guys can go with them. You want to hit it up here in the front? All right, sixth graders, come and see us. What's up? We're going to circle up right here, all right? What's uh Oh man. Now let's have uh Allie and uh Ty
All right, check, check. Take uh, a minute or two to finish up, and then uh, come back and grab your seats. Come on, boy. I thought that I got some text messages that were complaining about you. Huh? Lots of people saying bad things. One more minute. If you're in the back, gather near from far. Yeah, it's close it like three or four minutes. The band can even load and play if you want. Did we like lose half of our family back here? You guys are too swaggy to come back on time. Oh, you're chatting it up. How'd your group do? You all right? Just you for this next set? Okay. All right, gang. Hey, in all uh, in all seriousness, um, in all seriousness, I'm so excited about what we get to have here and every week and on Sundays and Wednesdays, uh, just getting to interact with you guys and see you all grow. It's made such a blessing. We love you so much. Uh, as we go into our time of worship, I uh, would like to, um, to maybe do uh, the best thing that uh, we, we could do for, for those of you who uh, would take advantage. Um, we're going to have our, our volunteers uh, and our staff just kind of, you know, towards these back corners. Um, as we worship, uh, if you have a specific prayer need or something that's happening in your life and you need someone to talk to or maybe just someone to pray over you, uh, we're going to be there to do that. Uh, I want to make that more of an emphasis in my own personal ministry to pray for you guys as you bring uh, difficulties and challenges forward uh, and uh, inquire and plead with the Lord to work uh, it out in a way that would bring His name great glory. I know that some of you are burdened by various things. Maybe, uh, maybe you kind of like me when I
when I was in seventh or eighth grade were struggled with bullying, or, or maybe it's that you have a family member who does not know the grace of Jesus and you are desperately pleading and ministering uh, on their behalf to see them come to Christ, and maybe that's what it is that you would like prayer in. But regardless of what it is, we want to be faithful in praying for you. So as we go into this time, uh, this place is always open. You can come here and ask God to work on your hearts and to work in your lives, uh, and students will be faithful to pray for you. If you would like a prayer uh, from an adult volunteer or staff member, certainly come to the corners. I'll be there and pray with you as well. Uh, but let's, let's see this be a really sweet time where we worship the Lord for what he's done in us. We'll take those, uh, those uh, surveys and we will honestly pray about how God can make this place better and where he wants us to go and what he wants us to do. Thank you for being honest. For those of you who were, uh, we'll take it to account and see where he might have us in this next chapter. Uh, we love you all so much and, uh, and we're going to worship. Does that sound good? So why don't you stand? We'll be there to pray and, uh, and it'll be good.